Hello, hi, good evening, brothers and sisters in Christ, new friends, old friends, wherever you are located, all over the world. It's good to have you with us today. I can just feel the anointing of God and the fire of God moving us forward. Hallelujah! In this podcast episode, we're going to look at some of the signs of times that tell us which is the time period that we are living in right now. And I'm also going to give you some Bible verses that we can explore together. So today is going to be a very interesting topic. Are you ready? I'm going to do a quick poll before we start. Of the listeners here, how many of you already feels that we are currently living in the end day season? And which of you are not quite convinced yet? Perhaps you don't understand why Christians claim that we are currently living in the end day season. So I think we can't be 100% sure because we know in part and we prophesize in part. But during this episode, I would like to share with you some signs of the end days and some supporting Bible verses. You can understand the subject matter better and then you can decide for yourself whether you feel like it is the end day season that we are living in. How does that sound? Alright, let's start. And Matthew 24 verse 7, the NIV version starts by saying that, Nation will rise against nation, and kingdom against kingdom. There will be famines and earthquakes in various places. These are the beginning of birth pains. So I think if you do any Google or scientific search on the internet, you will be able to find enough statistics which show you about the frequency of the earthquakes and natural disasters and famines. I don't have to tell you that and I'm not going to that. But I want to point your attention to verse 8 which says that all these are the beginning of birth pains. So some of you may say that all these things like earthquakes and natural disasters, we have them since the past in history and we're continuing to have them. So what is the big deal? And why are Christians kicking up a big fuss? I think the clue may come in the word of birth pangs, as I was also confused like most people for a long time until one day the Holy Spirit point to my direction that look, it is written clearly in the Bible, birth pangs. It is like a woman undergoing labor pains or birth pains. And we would know that when a woman undergoes labor pains in the natural world, the birth pangs are cyclical or they go up and down. But what is a common pattern is that the birth pangs will gradually increase in intensity, building up in intensity from slight to moderate to deep intensity pains as the woman nears the time of the delivery of the baby. So although it is true that we have always had earthquakes and pestilence and disasters, But I believe that the sign to look out for is when these birth pangs, they get closer and they happen more frequently than before. And if they increase in intensity and seriousness, which is a quickening of the birth pangs, one of the signs of the end day season. 
Let's continue to read Matthew twenty-four, verse ten. And then many will fall away and betray one another and hate one another. And over here, God is talking about the many Christians whose love will grow cold, and they will fall away from the Christian faith. Not only will they fall away, but they will betray one another and hate one another. So I think when the Bible tells us something very clearly, there's no point in us pretending not to notice it, ignoring it, or hiding our heads in the sand like ostriches. So I think this needs to be a very serious consideration for all of us who call ourselves Christians, because the Bible says clearly that not every one of us who wants to be Christians will be able to make it to the end. I think we need to seriously ask ourselves and think about the quality and the value of our faith. Are you prepared and are you able to endure to the end? Are you going to make a decision to cling on to God, knowing that many brothers and sisters may not be able to make it to the end? This is where the word remnant comes in. Because God knows and God allows it that when the Christian community undergoes the purifying fire of God, the sand and the debris they will be burned away by the Holy Spirit fire. You will either be burned away like chaff, or the fire that does not kill you will refine you and make you come forth as gold. Therefore, we should not be so naive to think that all the existing Christians, as we know in the world today, will be the remnant. The nature of the remnant means that it will be those who are left. It is not to scare you, but to prepare you in the most loving way. Be prepared to know who you can trust, who you cannot trust. Many will fall away and betray one another and hate one another. Verse twelve says that, and because lawlessness will be increased, the love of many will grow cold. So, other than the sign of the falling away and the emerging of the remnant, another of the sign of the last days is the increase of evil. Second Timothy chapter three verse one says. But understand this: that in the last days there will come times of difficulty, for people will be lovers of self, lovers of money, proud, arrogant, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, heartless, unappeasable, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not loving good, treacherous, reckless, swollen with conceit. Lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having the appearance of godliness but denying its power, avoid such people. I think that God is so good as to tell us in very clear terms what is going to happen, and to tell us means to prepare us. The end days Christians who are prepared and who are cognizant of these things which will happen will be in a better state of mind and ability to prepare now while there is still time. So God has told us the truth because He loves us and He wants us to endure. Because verse thirteen of Matthew twenty-four says that, but the one who endures to the end will be saved. So to put it very clearly and plainly, 
Christians will be persecuted in the end days. Now, if you are a non-Christian listening to this, the question that you need to ask yourself is: If Christians already know that they are going to be persecuted, why do they still want to be Christians? Why are they so crazy? What is it about their faith that can make them ignore the threat of persecution and of enduring their faith for the one that they love? And if you are a Christian, I think the question to ask yourself is: Will I be one of those that will be able to endure to the end, knowing that majority is going to fall away, and there will only be left the remnant? I don't know about you, but if I decided to be a Christian, then what is the point of being a Christian, only to be sifted out and far away midway? In that case, wouldn't it be better for me to be a non-Christian from the start and not have to go through any restrictions or any persecutions at all? So, if one chooses to become a Christian after serious consideration, then one must also be determined to be one of those few that will make it to the remnant. Otherwise, one might as well deny your faith right now instead of later. I am sorry if my words are harsh and maybe playing with words with to some people. It is not my intention to offend you, but I am trying to show you what is in front of us in the future, even if not directly upon us, but certainly upon the future generations of Christians. In the story of Judges seven, where Gideon fights against the Midianites. You can see that God doesn't ask for quantity; God asks for quality. It is my wish, brothers and sisters, that you will be one of those quality people that God finds—a quality person who helps others and who is well informed and well prepared, instead of being one of the masses who panics and run around like a headless chicken, believing all kinds of rumors and not knowing what to do. Because I know that God has plenty to say to His remnant, and He has plenty of strategies to teach them. So, if you have made up your mind to be a Christian, then be the best Christian. Don't be a weak Christian, because if you are, even the non-Christians will laugh at you, and you bring no honor to our God. As darkness becomes darker in the world. The light of Christ in the Christians must become brighter. For the Christian remnant, we know who we believe in. We have experienced His truth and His power, not once, not twice, but for many years throughout our lives in all kind of situations and circumstances. Our faith in Jesus Christ is unshakable. You know what is our calling? How long do you have to live? The remaining of your years, give it all to His glory, and you would have made the wisest investment. For not only will you overcome on earth, you will be rewarded in heaven. Acts two verse seventeen says that in the last day, God says, "I will pour out my Spirit on all people. Our sons and daughters will prophesy, our young men will see visions, and our old men will dream dreams." Even on God's servant, both men and women, God will pour out His Holy Spirit in those days, 
and we will prophesy. Matthew twenty-four verse fourteen also says that, and this gospel of the kingdom will be proclaimed throughout the whole world as a testimony to all nations, and then the end will come. I hope that you have enjoyed the podcast episode today. And as you understand the circumstances and the changing world around you, when you seek God, soon you will also understand the Holy Spirit's plans and strategies for this age. I hope that you will catch the Holy Spirit wave with me and those of us who love God, because the Holy Spirit is doing exciting things in this time period. I bless you wherever you are, and I hope that. God will speak to you when you seek Him, and you will find the answers that you have been seeking for. In the name of Jesus, God bless you. Goodbye.